Welcome to Nebraskanomics, where we help Nebraskans remove barriers to opportunity with policy research and legislative advice. I'm your host, Jim Vogel, CEO of the Platt Institute, a Nebraska-based think tank promoting policies that make it easier to get a good job, start a business, and help Nebraskans keep more of what they earn. If you want more economic freedom in Nebraska, then let's get started. Welcome to this episode of Nebraskanomics. Joining me today is one of my favorite colleagues. Well, you're all my favorites, uh, Dr. Laura Ebke, who works with the Platt Institute on several policy issues, obviously a former state senator. Laura, welcome to this edition of Nebraskanomics. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on today, Jim. Well, we're going to talk about an area of focus to the Platt Institute that might surprise some of our listeners that we're going down this path, but it, it, it shouldn't. And I think it would be best to maybe start with our continued efforts on occupational licensing, LB16 universal recognition. Why don't we start why you as a state senator thought this issue was important, and then we'll delve into the Dignity Project concept. Sure. Well, we've known for a long time that Nebraska has a workforce issue. Um, we know that, um, or we believe that there is great dignity in work, that everybody ought to have the opportunity to get ahead and, and um, kind of make their way in the world. And so um, the occupational licensing um, steps that we started back in, well, you guys started it before I did back in 2017, in 2016 and 2017, um, and, and that, you know, we we uh, moved with uh, LB 299 in 2018, were really designed as part of a larger program to expand opportunity, um, to remove barriers to success. And um, a piece of LB 299 um, included the so-called second chances. Um, we had to move some of that out because we kind of got to the last minute and needed to 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 pull some things out in order to get it um, moved. But more states around the country are working on 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 uh, second chance legislation, so um, it seemed like a good time to pick up that ball and and um, see if we could expand our workforce even more. So let, let's dive into that just a little bit more. We've worked several years on bills dealing with occupational licensing reform, and the latest iteration is LB-16, as we talked about, and you said that it includes an element referred to as second chances. How does that tie into the work that we're doing here at Platt? You talked about our mission of eliminating barriers to workforce, but I'd like to kind of expand on that before we dig deeper on the Dignity Project. Sure. Well, I mean, we have we have worked um, extensively on bar relieving barriers, um, regulatory reform, and also occupational licensing reform. Um, we want to make it easier for people to get a job because um, not only do we have a workforce issue, but we also have a um, you know we also have a strong belief that there is dignity in work and that we need to be able to uh, that the people ought to have those opportunities. I mean, it's a it's a good free market notion that um, if people can find a job and and support themselves, that it's better for them and it's better for society as a whole. 
Let's talk about the component of universal recognition. Not many people, some people may not understand what that portion is, but walk our listeners through how pushing LB16 over the finish line this session would put the welcome mat out for out-of-state workers. Sure. So um, the universal recognition piece is one that a number of states have, have started to adopt, and even Nebraska has adopted little pieces of it. Um, LB, uh, universal recognition basically says if you are licensed um, or working in an occupation that is licensed in Nebraska in another state, um, we will recognize your experience. We will recognize your license in another state, and we aren't going to make you jump through a lot of new hoops um, to com- you know, comply. We, we assume that your experience um, is worth something and that you don't lose your skills because you cross the state lines. And so um, for the vast majority of licensees um, that, that are licensed in Nebraska, they also have some sort of license or certification in another state. Um, but the regulations across state lines are often very different. And um, that isn't, you know, you and I can travel across the river to Iowa or to Missouri, and we don't question whether or not, you know, a haircut is better in Nebraska because you get, um, because you get, you you have to do a a hundred more hours or 500 more hours of training. Um, A haircut's a haircut. And so universal recognition just recognizes that every state has their own licensing um, licensing initial requirements, but that those initial requirements don't exemplify um, the skill necessarily. And so the skill can be transferred from state to state. LB16 would allow most licenses in Nebraska to be in other states to be recognized in Nebraska. Thank you for that that background. I don't have to worry about haircuts, but <laughs> your, your point was well well illustrated. All right, so let's now talk about the background of Platt's Dignity Project and how that ties in to what we just discussed opening up this podcast. Sure. Well, the, the Dignity Project assumes what well, for one thing, like like I I suggested before, we have a workforce shortage in Nebraska. And we also know that there are, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people um, exiting incarceration um, every year. Um, that, that about 90%, I think, of the, the people who are currently incarcerated will at some time exit. Um, and we also know there's a significant amount of data that shows that those who are able to land um, once they once they get out of um, their, incar- their their period of incarceration, once they're able to actually um, find a good job that allows them some level of dignity, um, that allows them to um, support themselves and their family, that um, that they are less likely to end up back in, in, in jail. And so um, the Dignity Project is, you know, ties into LB16 and the second chances um, because it um, LB16 will also make it easier for people who've been incarcerated to get into licensed occupations. Um, but we thought we could do more than that. And, and that's where our dignity project comes in. We're trying to find ways of working with organizations that are already engaged in the reentry work um, to help folks who are exiting to, um, to, to get ready to find it, 
new job, find a new occupation, um, and to, to succeed in life. Part of this project, our team decided to provide micro grants to these organizations or some organizations that operate in Nebraska. Let's tell the folks a little bit why we offered the grants and how decisions about who received them were made and tie it back into the, into the project and the goal of getting LB 16 over the finish line as well. Sure. Well, one of the reasons for the grants was that we realized we can't do it all ourselves. You know, there are things that, you know, for one thing, this isn't an area that we've been actively engaged in. Um, and while, you know, we've sort of supported it from a distance, I guess, um, we don't work with the people who are, who are exiting incarceration. And um, there are a lot of groups. The Reentry Alliance of Nebraska is a coalition of, you know, 40 or 50 groups that um, actually are actively engaged in, in working with folks who are either currently incarcerated or recently released from incarceration. And so what we wanted to do, um, recognizing that many of these organizations are already in place, was not to reinvent, reinvent the wheel by trying to create a new program ourselves, but rather to support those programs that are already doing good work. Um, and many of those organizations are volunteer run. Um, and so the micro grant concept uh, seemed like it would be a, um, a positive way of helping some of those groups to cover some of their expenses rather than having the volunteers have to cover them all. And it doesn't matter if the policy that we're working on is taxes or workforce or trying to find a job or trying to be an entrepreneur, we've discovered that getting policy over the finish line is better achieved when we a, have partners and people are telling their personal stories. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. Um, we've heard lots of great stories in the occupational licensing arena and, um, and, and the policy is always more successful. I mean, I think the reason that our current policy um, with LB16 has moved along um, to where it is, it's on the floor now, is that we had um, Mike Beyer, who was an electrician who had served in the military. Um, we've done great work with, um, you know, back in the day, um, back in 2017 and 2018, the horse massage, you know, the, the hair braiding, all of those things had great stories attached with them. And so one of the things that, that we hope will come out of, um, you know, our partnership with some of these other groups is that, that they will tell us stories about people who have um, found success in, um, in, in their reentry programs and found good jobs. I agree wholeheartedly. All right, so now six groups have received one of our micro grants this year. Are they all doing the same things or what kind of work are they doing with our assistance? Sure, they're doing a wide variety of things um, and, and all of them are really a little bit different. And, and I think that speaks to the, um, to the diversity of the reentry, you know, the, the reentry conundrum. Um, it, it is, it's tough for somebody to get in because there's so many things. So um, you've been in, let's say you've been incarcerated for the last uh, 15 years or 10 years. Um, imagine just the changes in technology in those years and how tough it would be um, if you were, you know, my age and we're just getting out of, out of prison and you, you know, you'd never used a computer or you had no what a smartphone was, or you didn't have a telephone for your employers to 
be able to, um, to your, your potential employers to call you. So um, if I can just take a minute to tell you about some of these organizations. Um, Heart Ministry Center in Omaha runs a program called Fresh Start, which um, does individualized job training and placement for those who've been incarcerated. Um, the funds that we're providing um, will be designated for work clothes for graduates from their program. So if they need steel-toed boots or special jackets or hard hats or whatever that they have to purchase, you know, it's something we don't a lot of times think about, the, the, the needs that go along with some, with some jobs. Um, Nebraskans Unafraid is a group of volunteers who operate a statewide registry that provides uh, that, that, that operates statewide and they provo- provide um, support for individuals on the sex offender registry. And one of the things that I was really impressed about was that they maintain this list of employers who have said that they're open to hiring people on the registry, something we a lot of times don't think about. Um, I can go on and on if, if, if it's okay. Yeah, keep going, Laura. I think this is valuable information. Yeah. So the Omaha Alternatives to Violence um, Project works with people who are on work release in community corrections, um, primarily in Omaha. um, And they provide classes and experiences to help those who are leaving incarceration. Um, And our funding will help to support the meetings and classes that they offer. Um, Usually that means providing printed materials and, um, you know, a space to meet, maybe some cookies and you know, that sort of thing. Um, Bridges to Hope is a little bit different, but they deal with some of the same things that, that a lot of us don't ever think about with respect to a job search, um, personal hygiene items and, 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 and new underclothing, um, things that, that, you know, by their nature, you know, can't be secondhand. Um, things like toothpaste and deodorant and things like that, but they make a big difference in the way that re-entrants will present themselves um, when they're out job hunting. So, I mean, it, it helps the workforce because it makes it easier for people to present a positive out 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 um, out uh, look when they're when they're out job hunting. Um, fifth one is Queen's Butterfly House. It's an organization aimed at at um, formerly incarcerated women, um, teaches life st- skills, provides tools for them, bus tickets, um, and, uh, and and the provisions of a basic prepaid cell phone and phone card so that women have a phone number that they can give um, their employers to call, you know, potential employers to call when they're out on a job market. We don't think about that because we don't, you know, we don't have uh, cheap landlines anymore. And then on the inside is the last group, um, and and they're aimed at at also helping formerly incarcerated women. Um, It's a group that works with those who've um, been incarcerated to train them on how to get out of um, out into the world. You know the best way to present themselves, and many of their employees are actually formerly incarcerated themselves, and so this will help to support that effort um, around this uh, around the country. It sounds like we have a very diverse group of recipients of these micro grants. What kind of results do we, when I mean we, Platt's, um, Nebraska hope to see, and what is Platt's role in these efforts as we move forward? Sure. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, besides providing sort of a cohort group for these groups to work with, I think that we will also do some, um, you know, when it's appropriate, do some co-authored op-eds. Um, with some of them, um, if it ties into something that relates to the work that you know our groups are doing and how we can tie it into the things that 
that we're specifically interested in. Um, and, and I think that um, there may be some legislation out there that can continue to, you know, in addition to RLB 16, um, that will continue to help those folks, um, you know, move to the next level, some reentry related things, um, which means that we may be spending more time um, in front of the um, Judiciary Committee than we have in recent year. You know, our our work and our mission is is a labor of love, but this this project to me, I'm really proud to be involved with it and certainly thank you for your leadership and looking forward to working with these partners. What, uh, anything else you'd like to say on the topic, Laura? Uh, I think, you know, you know, if we look at the landscape as I travel the state, certainly we hear about taxes, but we hear about workforce a lot and I hear the number of 60, 70,000 job openings and working with these partners to provide solutions for these folks and to get LB16 over the finish line, I think will go a long way into improving that state landscape that, that needs to change. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, you know, we learned at the legislative summit last week, a couple of weeks ago, that, um, that, that there is a significant workforce problem and there's no one answer. Um, and so we have to take a, a multi-pronged approach and welcoming folks from out of state to come here more easily as a piece of it, um, making it easier for military veterans and their spouses to come here and, and, and start work right away as a part of it. And then we have to look at those folks who are already here. And, um, you know, we can't just count on the, the high school kids graduating and, and um, going immediately into tech school or to college and then staying around here. We, we can't count on that, but we can um, we can help to cultivate the the potential workforce that's already here in the state and and folks who have been incarcerated, um, you know, maybe very good candidates for very many jobs. And, um, you know, I, I always go back to, you know, uh, to to an element of faith in all of this. You know, those who those who oppose, um, you know, anything in, in the criminal justice realm and especially with occupational licensing and those who who've had a um, Who've, who've had um, uh, a um, problem with, with with the law at some point, you know, I always go back. My, my faith tells me that, you know, none of us is beyond redemption. And I think redemption is a big part of what we do here. We think everybody is, um, is, 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 is worthy of redemption and worthy of trying to redeem themselves. And once they have um, completed their debt to society, we ought to let them have a chance. And um, that's a big part of what the Dignity Project is all about, I think. Laura Ebke from the Platt Institute team, thank you for joining me today on this episode of Nebraskanomics. I look forward to seeing the progression of the Dignity Project and celebrating the Occupational Licensing Universal Recognition Bill getting over the finish line this session. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Jim. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want more economic freedom in Nebraska, please visit platinstitute.org to make a donation to help fund our research and advocacy. Or you can subscribe to our newsletter and learn about today's most important issues facing Nebraskans. It's time to stop the status quo. Let's remove economic barriers and make Nebraskans proud.